Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, where we strive to bring you some insight and knowledge into improving the success of your career or business in any number of ways. For localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We have employers in mind today as we examine the realm of corporate branding, what it means, what the keys are to success, and the various factors to consider when creating or improving one's image as an organization. Joining us to provide the details and increase our knowledge is Mike Stefaniak, the VP of Strategic Services and Senior Brand Strategist for Hanson Dodge Creative out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for coming in today, Mike. Hey, Tim. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Good to be here. No, obviously, I mentioned a little bit of your organization there and, and your title, but if you could describe your company a little bit and the responsibilities you have there. Sure. Uh, Hanson Dodge Creative is a, a branding, marketing, and technology firm. And uh, we focus on active lifestyle brands. So we work with companies like Trek, uh, Wolverine Boots and Apparel, Wilson Sporting Goods, Ragnar Relay, which is this great, insane uh, network of relay races that happen around the country where people run 200 miles as a 12-person team. Um, and we're happy to have them as our client. And uh, Sog Knives. And so so companies that, that are um, trying to attract um, consumers who are interested in, in staying active sure. and or being outdoors. And my role there is um, I head up our strategy group, which works with clients to figure out how to uh, how to use branding and marketing and technology to get them where they need to go. Um, and specifically, a lot of the work I do and have done over the course of my career is as a brand strategist, where I work with clients to to build and refine their brands and uh, and uh, and connect the brands more closely to the audiences that that uh, that they care about the most. And of course, that's exactly why we had you in here today for this topic. So. When we talk about the term branding, how do you really define that in a way that people don't think of just a logo and a yeah. tagline and that's it? Because I think a lot of people, that's what they hear. Yeah, it is. It's it's amazing how much – and even, even the, the question you asked him, that's – so many <laughs> times people say it's more than just a logo and and, and a tagline, but uh, there's there's still so many people who think that's all it is. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the way we define it is and, – and we didn't invent this. This is a, <laughs> is a pretty commonly um, held definition is, is that a brand is the sum total – of all experiences that people have with your company or your product, which means uh, a couple of things. First of all, it's an assessment that other people make. Hmm. So you can you can telegraph what the brand is to some extent, and, and as brand builders, that's certainly our job. But ultimately, the the what the brand is depends on how people outside of the company or users of a product um, define it, and that happens through dozens, if not more, touch points. Everything from marketing and websites and advertising, and yes, logos and taglines. <laughs> To the experience people have using a product, the retail environments where they shop for the product, um, social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, what's their customer service experience mm-hmm. like when something goes wrong, and and even it's even things like you know if you know somebody who works at a company, and you hear their conversations about how what it's like to work for the company, right. that ultimately becomes part of the perception of the brand as well. Mm-hmm. So companies really need to they they absolutely need, need to pay attention to logos and taglines and traditional marketing elements like that, but they also need to think about the fact that any interaction anybody ever has with the brand, the brand's representatives, the the products that bear the brand's name. All of those contribute to the overall perception of what the brand is. And and companies need to focus on managing that to the extent possible. In some cases, they shouldn't be managing at all. They should, they should just uh, let it happen. Mm-hmm. But they certainly need to be mindful of, of what those perceptions are of the brand. Overall, then, uh, obviously, you mentioned all the different aspects that really play a role with this. But what is truly effective branding? What does it accomplish? You know, sort of the, the reason it is important, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, 
You know, it, it really is, it's about telling a story about what a company believes or a product promises in a way that rings true and compelling. Hmm. Um, and our job as brand builders is to start that conversation. So again, we go back to taglines, logos, websites, advertising. Those are all proven ways to announce to the world what the brand stands for. And if we do our jobs well, we, we tell that story in a way where our, our target audiences, they appropriate our story and make it their own. Hmm. So um, you know, again, some of the brands we work with, Wilson, Wolverine, Trek, um, you know, a big part of what we've done for them is to is to help them define what that story is to start the conversation with the consumers that they care about. And we know we've done our jobs well if the consumer then speaks about their experience with the brand in similar terms that we use to describe the brand when we're trying to promote the brand. Sure. One of the terms I saw on your site, and I don't know if this is something that you guys specifically have sort of coined or utilized or, or where it came from, but it's the idea of brand champions. Yeah. What does that mean exactly? It, it is something we've coined, and we use it to refer to um, the very best customers for any brand. Okay. And so part of what we work with companies on to get clear on who are the, who are, if we take a consumer brand, for example, who are not only the most likely consumers for the brand, and, and some of that is, is the classic marketing stuff about, uh, you know, identifying a consumer need in the marketplace and identifying an open opening to actually be a dominant brand in that right. space and that sort of thing. But it's also having data and having an understanding of who are the consumers who are most likely to advocate the brand to their networks. Okay. And brand champions are the people who are not only loyal to a brand, but to take it a step further by advocating the brand on their own time and, and using their own resources and energy. And, and those are the absolute best <laughs> customers of any brand because what you get is this exponential and very genuine um, growth of a brand based on that when, when other people, again, are telling your story for you. Right. Yeah, that's got to be great when you see people out there essentially doing marketing for yeah. you. And, and people are going to trust a friend most times over a company themselves. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and I think for us, for Hanson Dodge, one of, the, one of the reasons why we have so much fun in the active outdoor space, is, is there are enthusiast brands galore in that space? You sure. know, if you think about well-known brands like Camelback and Patagonia and and, and others, the, these are brands that people not only buy their products religiously, but the, but they also endorse the products. It, it means something to them that mm-hmm. they're wearing or using those products. And and we we were fortunate or smart, I guess, to be in a space where a lot of the brands have that sort of status. And then and then part of the challenge is to move a brand from just being a, a commodity brand to being a brand that people really believe in and want to, and want to advocate for out in the world. Sure. Generally speaking then, recent years, whether you want to go back 5, 10, however you want to yeah. look at it as a scope, how has branding and marketing changed really? It, it really has changed a lot in the last 5 or 10 years. And, I, and obviously everybody points the, to the internet and that's a big part of it. I would say where it starts is the the notion of who owns a brand has really changed dramatically in the last five years or so. And branding, um, you know, we look at the rise of user-generated content in general, the, you know, the explosion of YouTube, right. you know, blogs and social media. You know, what it means is that consumers own a brand it, to some extent more than, the, than a company owns its <laughs> own brand. And, and the smart companies are the ones who recognize that mm-hmm. and are willing to play the game that way. In other words, recognize that you know, the best thing that can happen with your brand is that consumers are having conversations with each other about it that you're not necessarily a part of. Right. And so the onus then becomes on the company then becomes to make sure that the behavior of the company and the brand is, uh, you know, happens in such a way that consumers still believe in the brand. Um, so that that's a huge change. 
Um, some companies and brands get it. A bunch of others still don't. But really the change is it's as brand builders, it's less about communication and marketing as a one-way thing where right. – you know, if you think about a, a megaphone blasting stuff out there, I mean, mm. that's the traditional notion of, of branding and marketing and advertising. And it, it really is much more about being in dialogue with consumers and even better, having them be in dialogue with, with each other. Because to your point earlier, that's where the real credibility comes when, when consumers are endorsing products and brands to each other. Right. And so th that's a dramatic shift. A lot of that is technology-driven. Obviously, the internet being the, uh, you know, the vehicle for a lot of the the ways brands are experienced, um, a lot of that happens online. And then the other thing that people are, are, are talking about now is is the death of the middle screen, which I which I think is uh, I, I love the I love the phrase for some reason, <laughs> but it, it's about the the rise in tablet devices and mobile devices okay. and the decline in laptops and desktop computers. And so middle screen. Uh, is basically a laptop or desktop computer. Your large screens or your TVs; those aren't going away. In fact, um, you know the 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 big flat screen plasma TV is is really become a, a hub of online communications as well as entertainment sure. in a lot of homes. That's not going to change. But the other devices are getting much smaller, and so so tablets and mobile devices have exploded. And some of that is a generational thing too. With with uh, millennials who right now are, are maybe 15 to 35 years old, um, you know, they're going to be the biggest group of consumers by 2017. Um, and they, they not only grew up being digital savvy, but they're also completely comfortable doing everything they need to do on a mobile device mm -hmm. or, or perhaps a tablet. And so for brands, what that means is they have to think about they have to think differently about how they engage with consumers. It's not just about blasting out information through traditional channels. And, and that change has been happening for a while, so that's not new. Um, but even with laptops and desktops um, slowly going away, um, and they're not going to completely going, go away, but uh, you know, as, as that process takes shape, it changes how companies and brands interact with consumers. And I think that's a very fascinating part of it. It is going to continue to change, and we're always in the midst of it seems like some sort of transition. And staying on top of that is obviously a key in, in your a position like yours. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still, an, even if we think of of paid advertising, you know, the, the where brands would and, and many still do spend you know tens or hundreds of millions of dollars on 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 paid placements in broadcast or print and that sort of thing. But, but what's happened in the last five years is emphasis has gone for a lot of companies to how, do, how am I part of a gaming experience? Um, what are some other sponsorship opportunities? Mm -hmm. You know, you see, ton, you see way more product placements in, in films yeah. than ever before, <laughs> and that's all paid for. And um, so, so how, do we, how do we become a part of the consumer's life in a way that's not necessarily intrusive? not making them stop what they're doing in order to pay attention to the brand, but that, that weaves in nicely and maybe even complements what they're already doing in their lives. That's the smart uh, you know, brands on the consumer side are, are, have been thinking about that for years. Let's take it to a, a more somewhat of a, a detailed level. Obviously, you've got to speak in generalities because the different types of people are listening. Yeah. But if an organization does come to Hanson Dodge and they're looking for you know, something to improve their, their brand or, or just to really get it out there, yeah. What are some of the factors that you do consider in terms of maybe a focus or, or sure. what the emphasis would be or key concepts kind of in that realm? You know, where, um, where we start always is, uh, especially for consumer brands, we really start with the belief system of the company or of the brand. What does the company believe that consumers will, will say reflects their own belief system? So if you think about some of the stronger brands, that the brands that have really fanatic loyalty, 
they're built on a shared belief system where the consumer looks at the brand and says, you know what, they think about the world the same way that I do. Hmm. And we always talk about, they're not our client, uh, would love to work with them, but, but we always <laughs> talk about Subaru as a great example of that, where Subaru made a, made a shift, I don't know if it was five or 10 years ago, but, but they shifted from presenting themselves as this, as this utility uh, vehicle with, with all-wheel drive that's great in snow, and, and they had, had pockets of fanatics in the Northeast and Vermont and, um, <laughs> and, in, uh, and in the West in Colorado and that sort of thing, in places where people not only had a need for a four-wheel drive car to get through bad weather, but also had certain political beliefs or saw the world a certain way. And they shifted from selling features and benefits to really positioning the brand around the belief system. This is what Subaru believes. These are the kinds of things that we support. This is what we're into. Um, and it really, the brand has really exploded from there. Their loyalty numbers are through the roof as far as people who buy Subaru again and again when it's time for a new car. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clearly that that there's a it's pretty clear that there's a belief system there that they've tapped into that that's genuine for Subaru. So again, what we when we work with companies, we start with fundamentally, what do you believe as a company? Right. And that needs to drive the brand. There's always going to be room for. And you need to look at the go-to-marketing strategy. You know, what can you deliver? What can't you deliver? What are the consumer needs? What are the market opportunities? What position can the brand own in the minds of consumers for for years to come? You need to look at all of that, and we do look at all that. But you really start with what's the belief system that consumers are going to look at you and say, you know what, I believe that too. And that's that's where the deepest bonds happen between brands and consumers. So we're always looking to start there. And, and you know, Subaru is a good example. Tom Shoes is a great example of this company that is, um, you know, they're, they're nice products. They're not phenomenal. But the whole thing is about a belief system. Mm-hmm. That idea that, you know, you buy a pair of shoes and we're going to donate a, a pair of shoes to a child in need somewhere in the world really resonates with the millennials. And there's lots of data on how that, that 15 to 35 segment, you know, it's critically important to them that they, um, that the brands that they are loyal to share their belief systems, right? right. They, they, we think about the world the same way. So we're seeing brand, newer brands like Tom's that have really taken off based on that. We're also seeing older established brands that are being smart about saying, you know what, we need to not just talk about product features and benefits. We need to be always be sharing with people who are we as a company and, and who are we as people and what do we believe and how does that inform everything we do. And, and, and the great brands are doing that. And then there's other, um, there's other brands that have done that all along. And, and you know, Nike's Just Do It has always held up as the pinnacle in, in, sure. in brand taglines in, in part because it is. But, but that line and Nike's whole philosophy and how they presented themselves has always, always been about fundamentally what they believe and why they exist as a company. And, and a lot of the strength in the brand has been rooted in that. So, I mean, do things in the end, do they matter if you're looking at like simple words or that simple tagline or colors? I mean, where does that all yeah. fall into play as, as maybe you are trying to brand yourself maybe differently? You, you talk about maybe trying to have some sort of transition. Sure. Um, of course, you don't want to lose whatever audience you had yeah. ahead of time because right. there's a balance there. But so, I mean, where does that stuff sort of fall into play that people do see and all of a sudden the color might be a little off or different? You know, with Nike, you mentioned they can change their colors, but yeah. they, if they have that swoosh and they just do it, they're, it seems like they're fine. So how yeah. does that all kind of play? I, I think some of it is consistency. So some of it in the case of Nike is there's there's a whole bunch of variety. And even if you look in their portfolio from sport to sport, they, they present themselves a little bit differently mm-hmm. in every sport. 
but there's this underlying philosophy that that is unmistakable. And and just do it was a great way of of saying what we're about is people who are in action to to do things to make their lives better, to make the world better, what, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the just do it is the call to action to say, don't don't sit sit around talking about it. Just get out there and do it. Stop making excuses. You know, that's a that's a worldview. So brands benefit from doing that. But you're right. It's the, the tagline alone doesn't do it. And that's why that's why we always go back to how does how does the brand show up as a citizen? How mm-hmm. does the brand show up as a member of the community? Is the brand um, uh, associated with charities in a meaningful way. Okay. You know, um, uh, our client Wolverine does work with Habitat for Humanity, and and there are there, you know, there's many brands that that do that, and the ones that don't are really leaving something on the table. So it's 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 involvement in the community. It's uh, you know, how are we interacting with consumers? What is our customer care like? What's the experience of working with us like? You know, when somebody has a problem with one of our products, what is that experience like? Mm-hmm. So you certainly want the branding effort to set the direction and, and tell the story and start the story. But then it's important that the brand thinks of itself as a person out in the world. And um, so I, I go back to, you know, you, you hear the term corporate citizen. We, you really think should brands are smart when they think about themselves as citizens in the world, recognizing that other citizens are always making assessments of them and you're part of the community if you uh, if you play well with others and and you show up as 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 valuable and authentic and sincere. Right. And if you don't, then you're you're cast to the margins. And you <laughs> see brands fail all the time because, you know, if they were people, they would be horrible, reprehensible people that nobody <laughs> would want to be around. And the same is true when it comes to brands and companies. And I like the. I mean, that's been a very you know fundamental key you've touched on a lot is this idea of. You know, believability, authenticity, being yeah. real, um, you know, engaging. Those are all sort of things that uh, I've seen that you guys have sort of put out there as, as mm-hmm. these focuses. Um, I mean, is that just something that developed over time that this is really yeah. – uh, that this is how it works? Or, I mean, where did that all come from, those ideas? Yeah, it's funny because because right now the term authenticity is, is, uh, is suffering from a crisis <laughs> of inauthenticity <laughs> because so many people are saying they're authentic and – it it really has become a cliche, right. so 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 we have to be careful there. In in the active outdoor space we play in, uh, you know, I said earlier, there's a lot of enthusiast brands, mm. and for whatever reason, in the last I don't know five, ten, fifteen years, the the look and vibe of the outdoors has become a lifestyle thing. Where, and, and some of these great authentic outdoor brands like the North Face and Patagonia have become these massive lifestyle brands mm-hmm. where, you know. People are are paying a premium for their products, knowing full well they're not going to be climbing Everest, and they don't they, <laughs> they don't really need a jacket that's that you know that that technically sound and warm and all that. But in in the active outdoor space, as an example, people are able to sniff out when somebody is a is a real player in active outdoor and when they're not. Mm-hmm. And so part of what we work with brands on is to make sure they're really clear on who they are, and if they're entering the space for the first time. Um, what are they doing to show up as a credible player in the space? You can certainly play in the space at a lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are lots and lots of active outdoor brands that are more of your big box retail active outdoor brands that are people aren't going to take them up Everest. They're not, they're not technical brands that where somebody's life depends on the gear working correctly or, right. or staying warm. But there's ways to play, and the important thing is that you you understand who you are and who you're not. And you you behave accordingly, and that includes branding. That includes, 
you know, again, what you're doing as a corporate citizen. And so for in our branding process, one of the things that we work with with clients on right away is this, this idea of getting clear on why they exist as a company. So not what not what they do, not how they do it, mm-hmm. but what gets them out of bed in the morning, eager to go get after it. And this this is true of, you know, we do this with all companies, not just Active Outdoor. We work with some B2B companies and we work with different companies. And what we found is once leadership in a company understands clearly why they're in the business they're in, right. why they exist, it becomes much easier to, to develop the brand platform that rings true with the best consumers, with the brand champions. And we're borrowing heavily here from um, a gentleman named Simon Sinek, who has a book called Start With Why, where he talks about the power of shared belief systems between companies and people. And, and we've taken a lot of Sinek's work and used it in our branding process to, um, because it absolutely rings true mm-hmm. that, that, that the strongest brands are the ones who have some deep emotional connections with consumers. And that almost always happens because, again, consumers look at the company or the brand and go, they believe what I believe. They think about the world the same way I do. And, and, and the list is long. Subaru, Ben & Jerry's, Tom's Shoes, um, and a bunch of other brands where, you know, there's that shared belief system. It, it, it's amazing. And Cynic talks about this, and we found it to be true as well. It's amazing how many companies that are really well run and established and make great products and, and are growing until you get in a room with leadership and – and do workshops to get to that essence, that why they exist as a company. That, that's never been articulated. They have their vision. They have their mission. They know what they're doing. They know where they want to be in 10 years. But if you ask them, why are you in this business? Why are you doing this? Obviously, it's to make money, but there's got to be something more than that. And so that, that is a really powerful way for any company to um, begin the process of either establishing a brand for the first time or refining the brand because it's amazing. Once you, once you identify what that belief system is, um, the pieces just fall into place from there. Well, with that, we'll wrap up part one of our conversation with Mike Stefaniak, the VP of Strategic Services and Senior Brand Strategist for Hanson Dodge Creative. He's given us so much insight and perspective, we're going to keep him around a bit longer. So in the second part of this discussion on corporate branding, we examine the role of social media as well as the pros and cons of a spokesperson representing the brand. Of course, you can find the continuation of our discussion by going to localjobnetwork.com radio list. On the upper left-hand side, you can type in corporate branding in the keyword search, and part two should pop up for you. Meanwhile, if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors, I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.